Hello and welcome to the TU Sports Extra podcast. It's Friday, April 7th. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Kelly Hines. And uh, not that you can see this because we're just doing audio, but we're actually in the newsroom together in different offices doing this by Zoom. I feel like history is being made right here. I, I really do. This is, I'm not sure what type of history, but but nonetheless. I, I'm just going to note it for Barry Lewis uh, because he is our newsroom historian. Official <laughs> title. Uh, good point. All right, Kelly, let's talk a little uh, uh, TU football. You got a chance to watch a little bit of uh, practice last Saturday. Who stood out for you? I should have muted myself while I was sneezing. Um, yeah, so that was it. Was a very limited opportunity to see this team, um, but really the first time um and um I think I had a few takeaways but I I think um you know Braylon Braxton is a guy who just continues to develop like you know in terms of um maturity and physically and just um really just an all-around impressive guy I know he's still young but he he's been in the program for um a few years now and and he just, I just like the way he carries himself with confidence. He's just kind of just like a, someone who is going to naturally stand out. And I feel like those are really good traits to have in a quarterback. He's obviously not been identified as a starter, but I, I think we're all just assuming he, he will be. Um, and I thought the offensive line looked good. Um, and obviously when, when you have um, a different uh, coaching staff coming in, there, there are things that you, really with every team, I guess you're, you, you're going to have to focus on, you know, your offensive and defensive lines and, and get some skill guys in. And I just feel like they're going to be in a good place offensively because they have some good pieces up front. Um, defensively didn't see as much, um, but uh, the guy who caught my attention, probably the the most of, of anyone I saw was someone I didn't know already. And um, his name is Von Troy Malone. He's, um, a redshirt freshman defensive lineman and and he just was noticeable to me the way his his build and the way he played and I just feel like he's going to be a name that we're going to hear a lot um over the next few years um so you know it wasn't super revealing in terms of you know really anything but you know the defense was using a three three five um, scheme and um, you know I asked Kevin Wilson is is that is that what we're going to be seeing and he's like um, yeah maybe but maybe not so um, not super revealing really at all but you know they're still early on in things so um, it was it was good to see a, a little bit of something out there. Do you know when you'll be allowed to watch any more practice? No, I don't. Um, it's just, you know, I think we talked about the sports. It's just, it's, it's just different, uh, different coaching staff, different culture, different everything. Everything feels very different. So um, definitely got very spoiled with the access, how it, how it was previously. It is not that same way now. So um, practice is not open to me, so I will not be probably seeing any more the rest of the spring. I was able to watch that one because it was open to the public, which was nice. Yeah, I didn't know if they, that's, that's what I meant. I didn't know if they were doing another public practice or anything like oh, that. I don't, I don't believe so. You know, they did that one for the fans. Um, 
you know, uh, it had been said that that was instead of a uh, spring game, it, you know, Kevin Wilson said that that was not accurate, but uh, didn't really say what was inaccurate about it. I feel like there, based on what I've been told, there will be a scrimmage on April 15th that is closed to the public, but um, potentially open for, you know, recruits are bringing in that day and maybe for families. I don't, I don't know who that's open to. I don't think it's open to me. So, um, or to fans. So if, if it's, if it's closed to 99% of the people who would be interested in attending, um, that to me is not a spring game, but we may be just caught up in some logistical things with that. So I do not believe there will be another opportunity for me or for the average person to go uh, out there during the spring to watch what, what they're doing in practice. So Kevin Wilson was asked uh, about not yet hiring a defensive coordinator, and I sort of liked his answer. He, he uh, you know, he, he talked highly of the guys who were on staff now and basically said he's not in any big hurry. He likes what's going on. He likes the vibe. Uh, what did you make of that answer? Um, yeah, I, he handles um, questions extremely well, and he, I think, has um, the experience that um, is really good in situations when when things don't always go according to plan. So I feel like he's handled the whole situation really well of, you know, guys leaving and, you know, trying to replace them at, at this stage, obviously, that it's just one guy now. Uh, the defensive coordinator position remains open, but I would be surprised if that's filled during the spring. Um, honestly, at this point, I'm guessing they will um, – work with what they have on staff, which is they have, they have really good pieces on their staff and then um, slide uh, Dominique Franks, who's the quality control analyst and in, into the other spot. So um, there's still a possibility of bringing someone in from the outside, but you know, it's apparently April as we discussed a minute ago um, before we went on. So, you know, trying to find someone at this stage is a little bit tricky and then you factor in you know, the situation with TU not having contracts apparently for assistant coaches, I, I think that makes it a little bit tougher sell. So, um, but I feel like, you know, just from the very little that I've seen, like you wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, they're such a mess on defense. What are they doing? They don't have a coordinator. Like you wouldn't really notice a difference. Like even if you were like really plugged into what they're doing, I don't, I don't think that there's a, a noticeable absence by not having that one person and I think what's what's made it a little bit interesting to me is um you're you're gonna have Kevin working more with the defense than he probably would and he's an offensive guy but like I I think having a head coach who's the very plugged in to what they're doing on both sides of the ball like I, I, I think that's a really good situation so maybe ultimately it, it will pay off that they're going through this um it's it's not ideal, but I, I I think they're you know they're they're working them their way through it. And considering this is a first year staff and and guys um, who you know several of them on defense are younger and and you know I think they're they're leaning on each other in a really positive way. So um, maybe I'm spending it also, but I, I don't think that it's a bad situation right now. So you mentioned. Uh... 
Braylon Braxton earlier. Kevin Wilson also singled out Cardell Williams as kind of along with Braxton, the two that have sort of separated themselves uh, at quarterback. Uh, have you been able to see much from Cardell Williams? Uh, no, um, I have not because, uh, you know, I wasn't really around last year because I was covering a different team. But um, I've, I've heard only really positive things about him and, you know, just seeing him. Um, you know, briefly in, in that, um, you know, open practice, I could see why, I think the, the word that Kevin Wilson used with him was intriguing. He's an intriguing player. Um, and I feel like, you know, if you're, if you're going to be going into um, a season, you're, you, you, I mean, we've, we've obviously seen it with, with all three of our teams the last few years, like you need two quarterbacks, you need two guys who you feel really good about. And I, I feel like those two um, both give you something that, um, you know, if you're going to tailor your offense around your quarterbacks, which I think, it, you know, if, if T is doing that with its defense, you have to think that they're doing that, you know, with their offense. I feel like those guys are, they have some similarities. They're obviously not the same player, but um, you could easily, if if Braylon's the guy and Braylon, you know, is injured or has to come out or something like, I think you would feel pretty good about, about bringing Cardell and like sliding him into that instead of being like, let's throw out the playbook and then try to figure out something else. I think um, that's probably a pretty good situation to be in. But I mean, I know they have other quarterbacks who have ability and, and, um, you know, our guy Kirk Francis is coming in in the, in the fall. Um, I, I feel like they're they're going to be fine at quarterback. Um, it's just those two guys have stood out in the spring based on what Kevin has said. So the basketball team got an interesting get out of the portal last night. I think it was last night. We'll just say this week. Uh, Isaiah Barnes, former uh, Michigan player, former four-star recruit. Anything you know about him? Um, so just having done – a little bit of research on him like um I like that Michigan's um website like they put um you know obviously stuff about the guy's careers but um they do like this who is so and so so this is what they they've said about um Isaiah Barnes uh strong work ethic at practice a dedication to improving all areas of his game known known for handling the ball in the perimeter playing downhill and attacking the basket versatile shooter with developing range so I mean I feel like those are things that any team would would love to have. In particular, I feel like TU could use all of those. So, um, you know, he's got some size. He's six seven. Um, he's got some toughness. He's he's got some things that they need. But I mean, they need a lot of things. Um, so that's not saying a whole lot. But um, just another really good pickup. I mean, obviously. Uh, to replace everything that they lost to the portal, you're going to be relying on the portal. Um, this now gives them, um, I think the, uh, this is the fourth one from the portal. Um, you know, when I talked to Eric Conkle a few weeks ago, um, he said that they were hoping to sign um, four or five guys, um, you know, on this next signing date, which is very rapidly approaching. Um, and then continue to add to that. So they have three, you know, they signed in November, you signed four or five, and then um, you're you're setting yourself up in a pretty good way, I feel like. Signing day is next Wednesday, isn't it? The 12th? Apparently it is, yeah. Just yeah. kind of sneaks, sneaks up on you a little bit, doesn't it? It's really sneaked up on all of us. So, um, but I, I think that, um, I think things are coming together in, in, in a good way. It's just, 
I've said that so many times in the past and guys will come in for one year and leave. And that's, that's any program. Every program has to deal with that now. It's just like, if you're going to be building something, how do you get guys to stay? I mean, every, you, you look at every program in, in the country, like how I would love for someone to do this research. Cause I, I don't really know that I care that much, but if, is there a, a program out there anywhere that has not lost a starter to the transfer portal? I mean, starters are getting into the portal to find something better or something different or whatever they're looking for. Like no one is immune to this. So, um, you know, I, I, I like these pieces that, that Eric has, you know, gotten on board. It's just, how do you continue to build a program when, when the portal is going to be so appealing for guys every season? I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a good point. Uh, you got any stories coming this weekend on TU you want to talk about? Hard to say. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm, I believe I'm writing for Sunday about the offensive line and where that kind of stands. Because I feel like that's obvious. I mean, the offensive line is an extremely important piece with, with any team. But I just feel like, um, you know, Kevin Wilson's experience, um, working with offensive lines, being a former offensive lineman himself. Um, I just feel like that's a really good starting point. Um, you know, you've got some, some skill position guys, um, and you, you've got a couple quarterbacks you feel good about. So what does that offensive line look like? Um, have a little bit of insight after seeing, you know, those few minutes of that open practice. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm writing, writing for Sunday as, we've discussed there are not as many stories that I'm writing about to you football during the spring because of the limited access. And that is uh, something that we are all adjusting to. And by all, I mostly mean, mean, me, mean, me, but um, we'll see how it goes. I wanted to ask you, Kelly, about the women's final four. Uh, Let's not unpack all of it. Maybe just some highlights. But I mean, you're you're a women's basketball fan. I know you follow the WNBA fairly closely. Do you follow women's? Yeah. Okay, I, I thought you did. Um, just a genuine. Everyone should. Well, I mean, it's there's a genuine buzz and excitement right now. I was just wondering what you thought about all that. I love that there is more support than ever before for women's basketball. I would love to see that spread to you know, all women's sports. Um, I just, it, it was kind of hard as, you know, as someone who watches before, you know, things get to the final four of the championship game, it, it was a little hard to see everything then become, you know, the narratives that took off from there. It's like, like there's more to this. There's, the appeal is more than, um, drama and going back and forth on what Jill Biden said. I mean, it's just like, every, there's more to it than that. Like, why are we suddenly as a society interested in the drama that came from, you know, that, that LSU Iowa game and not just appreciate the fact that like, this is a, a very entertaining product. And it's not just about gestures and, you know, 
uh trash talking like like the performances were like elite and I just wish you know it could be more about that and not about all of that other stuff and I know like that's you know a problem that exists like beyond women's sports it just you know it, it that's what all of the headlines and everything and you know it it's most it's died down to some extent but not completely and I just wish that it could be more about you know the players and and the teams and how well they played and how deserving they are for attention and not maybe the type of attention they're getting yep yep fair point Anything else on your mind or shall we leave it there for this week? You didn't want to talk about Max Asmus. I know this is a TU podcast, but we, we kind of go go off on different well, things. you know, given the fact that you sort of, you know, have your hand in a lot of different beats, it, it's probably appropriate to, to talk a little bit about different things. So, yes, let's let's talk a little Max Asmus. Your, your, your thoughts. I just did not necessarily think that he was going to go to the portal. I thought... The next move was was going to be the NBA for him, but I think for me it was just another reminder of, you know, like I love all the the freedom that players have now, that college athletes have now, and if they are wanting a different sort of experience, like it's great for them. Like you know, I I I talked to Max briefly um, the other day, and and I was like, you know. I hope you find whatever it is that you're looking for and like best of luck. I'm going to root for you wherever you, you know, wind up. It's just like you, you never know what, what it is that that players are are wanting when they go to the portal. And, you know, obviously wouldn't be a surprise to see him spend his, his last year, which I'll stay with Paul Mills because obviously they have that connection. Um, But I guess it's just, you know, you can't be surprised by anything anymore. Like, and I, I really like Max. I like the way he carries himself. He, he, um, is obviously like a rare type of player, um, for, you know, us to cover throughout his career to this point. So like, I guess I'm, you know, I I saw some comments from, from some, from some fans and I was like, why, why, and I didn't say this, and this isn't maybe directly, you know, it doesn't have to be to them, but um, why are you entitled to someone else's, you know, experience? Like, why, why is this something that you feel like ripped off if someone leaves? Like, they can do whatever they want for themselves, and, you know, if you support someone for four years, like, especially a type of player who accomplished what he accomplished, like, support whatever he's going to do next you know I know that's not always easy like you know I it's I'm not going to compare situations but you know I did a Trace Ford story the other day and and him going from OSU to OU like I could see why my fans are not going to be thrilled with that but someone like Max who he's just trying to get to that next level and and you know accomplish you know something else with his career and um let's not be greedy like he he gave us you know, us is in the city of Tulsa, like a lot to watch and appreciate for four seasons. So um, I think we all have like mixed emotions about those things, but um, someone like Max who stayed longer than anyone thought that he would like, just let, let him go. Like, it's okay. You're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. It's kind of like when a coach leaves, you just, you, you should feel like if they left the place, if they left it in a better place than what, 
when they left and when they got there than than wish them well. And Max Aismas certainly did that at ORU. Just like you said, congratulate him for all that he did. Wish him well. Let him do his thing. I it, when I say things like that, it, it makes me sound like um, when people say things like "don't, don't cry because it's over," smile because it happened, or something really terrible like that. That's how I feel about Max Aismas. Like, let's just appreciate the fact that he was there for four years and and you know took them to the Sweet Sixteen and, and you know won championships and all of those things. But um, like really though, for me, it was just like guys can leave at any time and you know that it just is what it is now and and it's it's the portal is there and it's it's at times too appealing to pass up especially when once you factor in nil and and all of those things so um but i will be interested to see not just where where max lands but but how his last season goes for him because i do feel like he it has he is an nba talent it's just i've covered a lot of guys um in the past, you know, 10, 15 years and, and women who I thought would for sure be able to make it at the next level. And things just don't come into fall into place in the right way. I do feel like Max is different. Um, but I just would love to see him get those opportunities because I, I definitely feel like he's deserving of that. Yeah. All right. Listen, we appreciate you checking us out. You can download us for free at Google, Apple, or Spotify. Kelly and I uh, will catch up next week. All right. Sounds good.